Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. So introduce yourself. Like I, I'm blah blah blah. Say whatever you want. Nick Mangum. I'm Nick Mangum. Go f- yourself, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Let's walk away. <laughs> Welcome to the NFL Player Second Acts Podcast. I'm Peter Tillman. This is my guy, Rome. I get him off guard every single time with that. What's up, baby? What's up, man? I'm good, man. Hey, all of our listeners and viewers, because we are here. Hey, shout out to iHeartRadio Studios, too, yeah, uh, for having us and hosting us up here in New York City. I always appreciate it. A couple of times we've been up here. The studio is magnifico. Anyways... <laughs> All of our followers and listeners out there, give, make sure you hit that, click that button, follow, give us a review. Five stars, please. As always, thank you. And please remember to always tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Peanut, who's our guest today? We got a goodie. Um, his his bio is pretty long, so for, forgive me. I, I have so to is read. his beard. <laughs> so is his beard. But, uh, it, it's, just cut it. A first round pick by the Jets. Uh, in 2006. Out of the Ohio State. Out of the Ohio State. And I don't know why we got to say the, but he's from the Ohio it's State. Deal. It's on their diploma, too. Uh, <laughs> played 11 <laughs> years at center with this one team, the Jets. Uh, he's two-time first-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler. Uh, inducted into the Jets Ring of Honor 2022. He has a podcast. He's a youth football coach, and he's in the barbecue sauce business. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Number one in your hearts, number one in your programs, Nick Mango. Ah, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, you know what? Nick's probably one of the easiest, coolest guys we probably ever had on this podcast to talk to. You're clearly, your shirt's a vibe. You are a vibe. I'm feeling it. You're coming in with your hat back. It's the Fresh Prince shirt. I love, I love that. that. See? Uh, we all grew up in the same era. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we all love Fresh He's Prince. He's older. He is older. Yeah. I mean, you're older than me, though. So. Yeah. And he's older than me, too. <laughs> Don't let him fool he you. He just looks older. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I love the vibe, bro. You, you're just so easy. Now, I, I do, because we, we mentioned you going into the Jets' ring of honor. Is it true that you popped a beer and when they announced you, like, on, on, the, on field? the field? Yeah. yeah. That's I dope. love that. That's and dope. it was one of those things. I was sitting Did somebody there. dare you to do it? Or? No, no. I was. Th- it was. Uh, it was the night before, and I knew I had to speak. Right, and uh-huh. um, I had gotten good information that was like, "There's an echo when you're talking in a stadium," and like you just have to get past that. So I was like, I was, I was like, "All right, there's a little echo," and I was like, I, I had written out what I wanted, and I wasn't really reading it, but I knew it was in short and sweet. I was like, I need something. I want. I want something. So then I got in my mind, I was like, what if I cracked open a beer? Like, how cool would that be? I was like, this is great. And at first I was like, I should ask somebody if I'm allowed to do that. And I was like, you know what? No, 
They're going to tell no. you no. <laughs> They're going to tell me no. So I'm going to ask for forgiveness rather Smart. than permission. Always. And so we get up to the suite and I, I, I asked the sweet lady there, um, uh, first quarter, I was like, I need one beer. And she's like, all right. And so she brings it over and she's about to open it. I said, like, no, 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 just put it in the fridge and make sure no one takes it. Because I'm going to need that. And I slipped in my back pocket. And I walked down there and, you know, I got to the end of it, <laughs> cracked it open, you know, a, a cheers to the fans that yeah, were all there. And, no. um, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was Laheim, a, everybody. Laheim. <laughs> well, they, well, we're getting into Yiddish. We were, <laughs> we're going to go south quick. <laughs> all right. So tell me what it was like emotionally, uh, spiritually, all those other things. Winning a national championship, a true freshman or you maybe would you yeah, true, true freshman? Oh man, at Ohio State, I know it was a big game. Uh, the Miami, they're still mad. I mean, they're still mad. They, they, yeah. They're still mad. It was uh, it was clear pass interference. It, I mean, let's be honest with you. It, it, they're still mad. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're still, still mad. mad. Still mad. <laughs> they're still mad. What about that? Your freshman year, and then uh, how did that kind of propel you to continue to go on from there? Like uh, having success that early yeah. kind of changes people. Yeah, it was um, it was it was mind blowing because you know the change from going from high school where you're playing in front of uh, you know my high school I was playing in front of maybe a thousand maybe Dayton, 15, right? Yeah, uh, Kettering Alter. Um, and so we're a small school, and we did not have a lot of people out for the games and everything. To then going to hundred thousand people in a stadium. And we did not have a lot of success, my high school. Um, you know, we my senior year, we did pretty well. But, you know, we didn't have like – we never got close to the state championship. And so as we're going along and we're winning all these games, and some of them are tight, and, but, we're, you know, we're staying undefeated. I was like, this is kind of awesome. Yeah. And then you go to the national championship, and as a center, like they usually don't rotate you in. And so I, I did find that kind of crazy that I was rotating in um, here and there. I'd play – uh, different chunks of time, and it was it was kind of a kind of odd situation. Of. It was like I didn't play that much. Maybe I should have redshirted. <laughs> we could have could have been fine. Um, but it was still it was an amazing experience. Like I, I'll never forget. We were playing Illinois in Illinois. Um, I started the second half at center, and then then it never took me out. And so I played the rest of the game, and then we went to overtime. We won that game, and it was an awesome, special feeling. I didn't start the next game, but like it was just it was. It, it that was is great. weird. Yeah, it was very weird. <laughs> now to add to the weirdness, so we're in the national championship. We we beat Michigan. Uh, it's amazing. We're going to the national championship. We're out in Glendale, Arizona, um, and or Tempe, Arizona. That was back when it was at the old ASU stadium. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And so we're out there, and we're coming up with the game plan. They're like, all right, Nick, here's what we're gonna do. We're going to put you in, you know, you're going to rotate in like you have been here and there a little bit, but you're also going to be the goal line center. The goal line center. And I was like, and at the time I was like, yeah, of course, like, let's do this. This is awesome. Um, I'm going to be playing it. Like I, I have a package. Yeah. If we get on the goal line, I'm going to get in. So He's like, like a nickel. Yeah. I got their own package. I got my own package. I've never heard that. That is me. <laughs> so, um, so we're doing that. I go in for the, this is I'm fresh off the bench. First play. Vince Wilfork and I had forgotten about this till yeah. I saw it on the replay um, during COVID. Jumped off sides in the first play, smashed me. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and then it came back to me. I was, "Oh, I forgot about that." Um, and it was just—it was wild to think that a team now, after playing four years college, eleven in the NFL, would trade out their center at one of the most <laughs> crucial times. Uh, and but I mean, it worked. Yeah. And uh, I guess our center at the time, Alex Stavanovich. He was a really good puller, and so we wanted him to pull him. We ran the power um, at, with Jim Tressel at yeah. Ohio State, so they wanted him pulling on the goal line, so that's why I came in. But it was just – it was wild. But then you go – you talk about the emotions. And you're a freshman yeah, coming out of a small school. Yeah. 18. You, you, you don't know nothing, right? And all of a sudden you what go – What position did you play in high school too? 
center, and then I started at linebacker, and then they moved to D-line. Okay, okay. I'm just wondering, because I was like, dude, for you, small school, going to Ohio State, probably just body slamming young kids in high school. Yeah, I think— I always thought it was just but like, like nobody I, play, puts their best lineman at center usually. Right. Though. Well, I started playing center at seven uh, or seventh grade. Okay. So it was, um, which is weird and really messing with my head this year because my son is in seventh grade. Oh. So like that, that's like, whoa, this is. Well, it was the son I met the other day, right? Yes. Was, was that him? Yep, okay. That was him. So <clears throat> we're, we're in seventh grade. Uh, the center at the time broke his hand and it couldn't snap anymore. And the, can anybody snap? I was like, I'll try. And I was the center ever since. So, um, hmm. But you go through 14 0, you win a national championship, and then you kind of think, like, all right, well, I guess we just do this again next year. It's just easy. That was just what we just keep doing this. <laughs> um, and we got close my sophomore year. Uh, we lost to Michigan. Um, I think if we had won against Michigan, we might have been back in there. Um, and then my se- junior year was, we won't talk about junior year. And then my senior year, uh, we lost to Texas early on. We were trying a two quarterback system. That didn't really work out. It was Justin Zwick and Troy Smith. Yeah. I uh, wish uh, we had stuck with Troy. Troy. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, it, it, things happen. Uh, we still beat Michigan. And, you know, so yeah. I got to go to the Fiesta Bowl again. Went to three Fiesta Bowls. That's dope. That's dope. So how was it? So you talked about cracking the beer with the Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. You just got inducted into the uh, the Ohio the. State uh, Ring of Honor or R- R- Hall of Fame. Was there, was there any beer cracking for that? Now, see, it's a little different for the College Hall of Fame. There's like 15 people going in. It's all sports. Uh, so it's like it's it's kind of like a, a mass-produced type thing. Okay. So I don't know if there's going to be an opportunity for that. Plus, I don't know if they sell alcohol in Ohio Stadium. Um, <laughs> I would probably have to look into that. Uh, but it is fun. Uh, I get to go in with Malcolm Jenkins, uh, which is pretty exciting. That is awesome. So I won a Super Bowl with Malcolm. It was his mm-hmm. rookie year. And so he had the same impression you as your freshman year in high in college. He was like, "Dude, we won Super Bowl rookie year, like, do it again next year." That's just what we do. That's easy. He's like, dude, that was great. Ohio State never really lost. Come yeah. here, he's like, same Super Bowl. Yeah, fine. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Love that guy. Uh, really funny. Um, now, one of your biggest accomplishments accomplishments in my eyes is that you started all 171 games you ever played. Is there something in the water with you New York Jets? Because that's the same thing as D. Brickishaw, too. D. Brick uh, was able to accomplish it. um, uh, Where do you rank that on your list of all-time accomplishments? Yeah, it's definitely um, something that I take pride in, but also realize that I'm just very fortunate and lucky that I didn't have anything, um, you know, that really hurt. Uh, You know, Brick and I coming in together in 06. um, The first time uh, two offensive linemen taken by uh, in the first round, I Mm -hmm. think since like the 1970s. Um, And we, I think we had the longest streak together. I think we made it, uh, I think it was like 75, 76 games starting together uh, before I broke the streak. I hurt my ankle and missed uh, Raiders or no. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens game. Um, And so that was, that was something we took pride in. We were both playing together, and then yeah. Brick. I mean, he took it to a whole new level. Yeah, he missed. Yeah. He missed one snap, and yeah, the only reason it was one snap that he missed was uh, we were trying to do like the hook and lateral, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, throw the ball around for the last play of the game. And so Darrell Revis got the snap at left tackle instead of Debrickshaw Ferguson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like very nonchalant. His voice is. It's like so low key, so chill. Just yeah. like what was it like the first time you guys met coming in together? I mean, you guys are clearly probably two opposite <clears throat> people. I mean, you're, besides both of you guys, very large human beings. Um, he's yeah. w- much more soft-spoken. He tries to lean on his intelligence. 
Um, and I know like, I'm not smart. So I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm I'm gonna, no shot at you. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, don't worry. No, that's fine. I get it. I'm, I'm a dumb dumb. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, so Brick and I's story is hilarious. So we come, we meet each other at the senior bowl uh-huh. after our senior year. And we're both on the same team. Um, and obviously playing off the line, like, oh, I like this guy. He's yeah. a nice guy and everything. So then uh, you go through, you know, you, the whole process, right? Next is the combine. So we go to the combine and Brick. Brick was highly touted. He's yeah. going maybe first overall, second or no one knows, but he's he's up there. So he's not doing any of the workouts. So he's, he's playing it cool. So you know, at the combine, you're walking around Indy, right? And you get you those train cars, and you're meeting yeah. all the different teams and everything. <clears throat> Me, not knowing, right, can I curse on this? Yeah. Okay. Not knowing from Shinola. Yeah. I'm dressed how I would dress if I was going out to the bar. I've got ripped jeans on. I think I may have had sandals on, a polo at best, maybe a t-shirt. I don't know. And a hat. And that guy was, and I'm walking through the, going to these different rooms and I turn the corner and I run into brick. Brick's in a three piece suit. No doubt. And I was like, brick, what are you doing? Like you, how, why are you so like fancy? He goes, well, this is a job interview. I, I need to put my best foot forward. It's like, Ah, shit, I'm not getting, I'm not getting <laughs> It's funny because I, we got there right after the O-lineman in 06. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, back then, like, what people don't know is they literally, it's not like everybody's in, like, their own room. Like, you have, have roommates. roommates. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah, but when the O-liner leaving, they're, like, moving people in. It's like there's not a real big break no, in between timing-wise. So yeah. I remember hearing or seeing D-Brick walking around with a whole suit on. Like, that was a little bit of the talk of the town. Was yeah, like, okay, oh. good. So I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, who is the, this guy? This one guy walking around in full suit. Full suit. <laughs> Impress somebody. And then the crazy part is, so then you, you continue on, you get to the draft. Yeah. And again, I'm not the smartest person. I thought the draft started at one. I think it started at noon. I was on the golf course. So I missed the start of the draft. My mom calls me. He's like, you got to get home. Like the draft started. I was like, all right, well, I got three more holes, so I'm going to finish this out. No, no <laughs> doubt. So I didn't know when I got drafted to the Jets that Brick had been picked number four. I didn't find out the day after. <laughs> I was like, there was someone I, I was doing an interview. And I was like, isn't it pretty neat that, you know, we had two offensive linemen? I, we did? I was like, I had no idea. <laughs> so <laughs> would you, would you, what was your, your score? What would you shoot that day? Uh, it wasn't good. I was a little distracted. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. All right. All right. Tell me, do you recall – this situation or play then. Mark Sanchez calls his favorite moment with the Jets the fourth and one versus the San Diego Chargers uh, in the playoffs. I do. That was a great one. Uh, we we so, called our shot. Okay. Okay. All right. So what do you remember about that play and uh, where does it rank? So that play, um, it was in the playoffs in San Diego. Uh, we were running the ball to run out the clock. And... W- so we, we get down there, and I feel like they took a timeout or there was a measurement or something. So we had time to talk to the coaches, and they're all like, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And they looked at us, looked at the offensive line. Like, can we get it? Like, yes, we can get it. Yes, an offensive line. Of course, they're going to say that. <laughs> yeah. So they gave us the opportunity, and uh, we lined up. Uh, they Even the Chargers were calling, it's coming right here, it's coming right here. And like, yeah, it is. And we got the first down, was able to run out the clock and get the win. So that was it was a great play. My favorite play, though, with Mark. So that's, that's up there. My favorite play with Mark. We're in Oakland. We're playing the Raiders. And it was, it was the, uh, I think it was Hot Dog Gate. Okay. Remember when Mark was eating a hot dog on the sideline? Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So we hot dog gate. <laughs> yeah. It's we, crazy what New York media can do. We had a lot of gates. Um, <laughs> so we're down near the goal line and it's like third and five or so. I, I forget the down mm-hmm. distance, but we had a check with me play. And it was, it was, I think it was a right, run, right, run, left type thing. And Mark comes up there and I could hear like hesitation in his voice. And he's like, uh, Nikki, what do we got here? And you can see on the film, I'm pointing to the left and he made the right check. Touchdown. Came off the field, and I think that it was like one of those things, you know, they get the sideline, they get the audio, and Shoddy, uh, the coordinator of the time, was oh, great call, Mark, great call. And he didn't say a word. He didn't give you any credit? <laughs> he gave you no credit. <laughs> he had to in the meeting the next day because you, you see, see his point. Yeah. So like, what it, you was, doing? it wasn't like a small like that. It was a, a were you giving? Were you just doing the count? You just saw where it was yeah, at? It was three and four, and yeah, let's go with three. three. Side. Yeah, yeah, it's a simple one. <laughs> 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 We're not even looking at safeties. This was just yeah. That's what I was just like, how could you see more than him? Because you're down. So, did you ever make any calls when you when you played? Because I played, I played with Olin Krutz, mm-hmm. and Olin by far is one of the smartest uh, linemen that I got to play with. But Olin made all the checks for all of his quarterbacks. Like he would get up there. And right before he got down, he'd look, you know, he'd look at the the safeties, linebackers, make all the checks. And then only thing he'd have to do was just snap the ball because he made all the checks. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, we let him go. He goes to uh, New Orleans. He's with the Saints and he's with Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And he's doing what he normally does for the last 10 plus years. Gets down right before he gets down, looks. All right. All right. Uh, Mike, check. Mike. Wait. And then uh, uh, Drew goes, hey, 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 what you doing? I got thousand percent, this. Thousand percent. I, I got this. Yeah. That's that's my job. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. I just need you to block what I call out. I'm I'm gonna do the front. I I got everything. <laughs> and for him, he was just like, "Oh, I've never had that before. I've was never he, had." It. Was he happy about it, or I think it? he was kind of happy about it. The fact that he just didn't have to do it, but he it just was ingrained and instilled in him. Like I just yeah, I I it just I call happy. it. It yeah. did, it didn't end happy. No, it didn't end so much happy. because. I had, so I started out with um, Chad Pennington, who was great and taught me a lot about protections and everything. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, we worked together, um, but he would be, he had like full reign of it. Yeah. And then, um, then Chad got hurt the next year with Kellen Clemens, um, who was also 06er. So there was a lot of learning that year. And then the following year we had Brett Favre come in. Yeah. Uh, Brett was a gunslinger. Yeah. And a lot of times he wouldn't even call it protection. Oh, that's oh, wow. okay. So how y'all figure that out if he doesn't call it protection? Do y'all just, this is like backyard football? Like we just block it. Yeah. <laughs> we just block it. Like, like, Brent, do we have a tight end? No. All right. Then it's five of us. So we kind of, uh, we kind of made, made it up as we went. I mean, we went, we were playing in San Diego and we had a whole game plan and then we got down early. We were down like 14, nothing early in the game. So we were playing from behind and all of a sudden I think we'd ran I think it was like 40 some straight plays of MPD protection. Like so much so that we had to end up coming off at halftime. We had to come up with a whole new snap count depending on the direction of the formation um, because they were just teeing off on us. Like it was just, it was full dancing shoes. So yeah. like it was, it was a wild, wild west. <laughs> so then Sanchez comes in and that's when I took over. Like that was, it was like, all right, I got to do, I'll push the mic or I'll back it up and follow the safeties and everything. And then, from there, I did that through until because um, then I had Gino after that, and then when Fitz came in, Patrick, he was um, we were we were very much in coordination, mm-hmm. 
I think he always had a trump card, but he kind of just let me do what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, which made it a lot of fun. Number one, I got to tell you, I've never heard, but you drew a great picture there talking about uh, a, having dancing shoes as an old lineman. Mm-hmm. Not saying you guys are great dancers, but you guys are moving a lot, trying to just mm-hmm. pick up and survive. Yeah. Because <laughs> we did not have that in the game plan at all. <laughs> yes, like, and, you empty, we had, like, that's two, a great picture. You we only had like two or three plays of empty like, yeah. lined up for the week. And then all of a sudden we got back and Brett's like, well, we're throwing it. I'm just, I'm just calling, calling plays. I'm just like, okie dokie. All right. This is what it is. <laughs> You're Brett Favre. Who's going to tell you no? Right? Nobody. Exactly. Um, especially at that point in time. So I'm going to read something. So since, was it Pro Football Focus? This is this is where you rank since two thousand six. Uh, fourth, second, first, 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 sixth, twenty first, first, eighteen, twenty fifth. You were by far the most dominant center in the pro football focus era. Like that that has to like that. What is that? How does that resonate with you? I really fell off at the end though. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't have got like a couple of teen years yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, it went 20 fast. <laughs> that was not good. Um, I, I blame them. I think their stats were off. Um, yeah, I mean, it was. Like, that's it, dope, man. Like, that's. Since 06, that's where you still rank today. Like, your your you, your stats are. And I don't know how they take stats with linemen. I they couldn't don't. tell you. <laughs> they, they don't, I, which is, which I don't want to bang on PFF today. I'm, that's not my thing. So go ahead. You no, I'm not. Talk. I'm not banging on PFF. But like when you talk, it's especially in the Hall of Fame. You talk about like wide receivers. Yeah. You talk about quarterbacks, and you can look at stats. physical stats. Yeah. Like there aren't really a ton of stats for offensive line that you can judge. Even though now, today, if you look at like Joe Namath's stats compared to Aaron Rodgers' stats, you'd be like, well, that how's guy, he, should, how's he in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Like Aaron, like that's. That doesn't make any sense. So, like, there is a grading curve to mm-hmm. that. Um, I've never played for the Jets. I've only played against them. I've never actually come to New York and played against them either. So, I don't understand the Jets. I don't think we ever had Carolina. I, I went to Carolina. Uh, yeah. And I was in the same – even when I was in New Orleans, I never came up here. Um, so, tell me – give like, describe to me what it's like to play for the Jets your whole career – to be considered one of the best of all time for the Jets and like just their fans and everything they mean, not only to you, but just the, on the outside looking in, like what is a Jets fan like? Yeah. Uh, Jets fan is very passionate um, and they're diehard that they deserve a winner and they're, they're yearning for a winner. Um, and so they, they say it's very difficult to deal with the Jets fans, but Jets fans also recognize um People who are are do the, put the work in and who care about the team and and, and try hard and um, you know really put their best effort and that's that's something that I think gets overlooked a lot of times because mm-hmm. like oh the boo birds come out and like because they they want the best and they want to see that you're you're improving mm-hmm. I think as long as there's improvement they, they're happy with it but it's when you know it, it, when it seems like it's stagnant that's when they get really upset but. There, it's usually between having a city with two teams is right. always difficult. It's so really weird. It, it's big brother, little brother. Big brother, little brother. Um, they even split it into, I've heard it, white collar, blue collar. Like mm. Giants fans are like prim and proper, and Jets fans are the dirty trash that we have <laughs> laying around. Um, so it, it's, I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not it's, it, Between the two of them, they get crazy. But then what's funny is the same arguments that they'll have over between Jets and Giants – they have against Mets and Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Which or the Rangers and and the, the Islanders. Yeah, and the Devils. Yeah, the Devils. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just they have 
even though they're different teams, it's all the same arguments. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. You guys are crazy. Like, <laughs> it takes me coming from the outside to realize that y'all are just doing the same arguments, just different teams. You're just plugging, picking and plugging teams. Um, but it is. They're, they're diehard fans uh, who are very passionate, and um, they're fantastic to play for. And it, it, to me, the, uh, the other side of it, which, you know, we all experience 9-11 differently. And, you know, I was in high school, and so it was in Ohio. And, I, and so I experienced a lot was much different than anybody around here. And it hit me when we moved, when we moved up here at first, it was like, all right, you know, the significance of it, you know, the reading of the names in the morning, you know, they don't have that on in Ohio, but every nine 11, they're reading the, all the names um, hmm. of those who have passed. And then we moved to Jersey and my kids are going to school and there's a tree plant there. And we lost four people um, from the school in nine 11. So hearing the stories and, the um, experiences of people here really give you a different perspective of, of things that they've gone through. And so knowing right. the hardships and, and knowing, um, you know, building the place back up uh, as, as they, they did, um, you know, adds, adds that fever of like, we do want to get them a winner because they deserve a winner. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma. Delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Tell me this. When did you know it was time to retire? You played all these games. You started all these games. You're so successful. Uh, when did you know? When they fired me. <laughs> yeah. No. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> no. Um, so we've, I, had, we've heard that answer before. Yeah. Um, so I got hurt in 2016. Um, I tore my spring ligament, um, which 
seeing the doctor. I think the the fancy foot doctors in Carolina. Uh, yeah, I forget the guy's Dr. name. Anderson. Dr. Anderson. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I think this is the third one I've ever seen. I'm like, well, at least it's a real injury. Like, I'm not, <laughs> not like I'm. I'm yeah, not just, some, you're not just, yeah. yeah. You feel so something. I was like, all right, I, I feel better about that. So I started my rehab and everything. It got put on IR. I was in a cast for a while um, and then doing my rehab. And the Jets um, released me uh, while I was in Disney, which stunk. But somewhere around like Did they call February, and tell you at least? They did call and tell me I was in Mexico at Epcot, oh, yeah. um, mm. which was disappointing. Kind of ruined Disney for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they hate when I say that I got fired because they're like, well, you were released. I was like, isn't this, this the same thing? thing? <laughs> um, so then I'm, I'm still doing the rehab and I'm trying to get right. And because in my mind, I'm a football player. That's what I do. I'm, right. I'm going to go. And so I got an opportunity to visit down in Baltimore. Um, and so I went down there. It was the first time I'd ever stepped into another team's facility. Mm. I've been to, because I didn't take any trips for the draft. Right. I was, um, like, my roommate, AJ Hawk, he was crisscrossing the country before yeah, the draft. He was and then I, I didn't get one visit. And I, I called my agent, I'm like, uh, what, what's going on? Why am I not visiting anybody? And he's like, it's okay. Like, they have all your numbers and everything. I was like, all right, well, because again, I don't think I'm getting drafted because <laughs> of things that are going on. Um, so it was weird for me, like going into Baltimore it's a beautiful facility. Like it was very nice. Had a nice sit down meeting with them and everything. And I was on the train back and they were like, they lowballed the offer. I was like, well, I'm not healthy anyways. I still couldn't pass a physical. So I'm going to stay rehabbing and we'll, we'll see where it gets to. And it got to, uh, mandatory training, mandatory, um, OTS, minicamp. Yeah. Minicamp. And uh, my son at the time was in kindergarten. I was still rehabbing, but it was getting better. Like I was, I was right, right around where it's like, all right, I think I can like really do stuff. I was running and everything. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore came back with an offer that matched kind of what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, now it's out of the abstract world of like, of course I still want to play. Like I, and now it's real. I signed my name on this piece of paper. I got to be there tomorrow. And so then it like struck me. Well, am I really that healthy? Do mm. I really want to do this? Yeah. Like, am I, am I, am I going to give it my best? Because like, is it, uh, do I need to find out and all that stuff? And so at that point I was like, I, I I'm, I'm going to have to pass. Cause I don't, I, I, I still don't think it's quite right. Like I, I'm, I'm questioning. And then I go to my kid's kindergarten graduation and I'm going through and I was like, and I, as I was thinking about more, I was like, I, I think I'm done. Um, mm. unless somebody comes and says like, they're going to give me $10 million to play. Blows your socks off. Yeah. I was like, I, I think, I, I think I'm going to enjoy the summer with my kids. Like this is going to be my first so tell me this though. I like so, that. Cause I want to know, did, did it ever come into your mind where you're like, were you a nervous? Like, well, not so much as the injury, but like, am I even the same player? Can I still perform? No. Cause I've, I, okay. I think even now, I think I could go out there and perform. Although I see some of the guys, I'm like, oh my God, you are huge. Um, so I think I'm messed up mentally that way. Mm-hmm. That, like I have the utmost confidence in myself. Um, it was more the foot and then where I was in, in my life. And, like, yeah. and you know, seeing, because then I was with my kids more. I didn't have OTAs and everything. So I was doing, you know, Mr. Dad stuff and then having the prospect the summer. And, and it, the crazy part for me, and I was waiting for it, was... A lot of guys talk about when, when they're done, they get that moment like, oh, I miss it. Like, I want to get back in, whether mm-hmm. that's OTAs, uh, mentor minicamp, 
started training camp, started the season somewhere along there. Like where it hits, I'm like, I'd rather I, I want to be back out there. And I never got that. So I, I felt at peace with where I was. Hmm. That's what's up. So uh 2019, you went back and you got your degree mm-hmm. from the, the University. Good job. Good job. You're getting better today, Peanut. Ohio State. I'm, oh, I'm, wait, I'm, wait. I'm, as long as we're all getting better. I'm one, trying I'm trying to respect it. It doesn't have to be a big it. step. I'm trying to respect it. What was the idea of going back to get that degree? And what did you get your degree in? Okay. So my degree is a funny one um, because I started out in architecture. Okay. Um, found out that architecture and football do not mix. You ain't got um, time, bro. No, no you don't time. You ain't got time for that. Nope. <laughs> that so, <and> nursing. <laughs> you got time. Yeah. So I switched um, to business for my major. And because I had decent grades through my freshman year, I was able to pre-enroll. They're like, well, you need to pick a, a minor or like, you know, especially in your business. And so I was just, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I looked down the list and I saw the one that had management on it. And I was like, I'll do that one. So sign me up for that one. I signed up for operations management, which is inventory and supply chain. <laughs> I was like, this is the most boring business degree I could ever go for. I'm learning about, you know. You're too much of a people person. Yeah, I was just, well, because I, I, was a, I was a freshman. I had no idea what I was doing. And they were just like, here, you got to pick one. Pick and I was, one. Yeah. I was like, well, management sounds good. I like to be in charge. So I yeah. go, I'll do that one. And no, it was operations management. So it's all about first in, last out, last in, last in. It was a whole big thing. So I went through my whole college career of doing stupid inventory. Looks like something stuck. You're like, first. Oh, it's still stuck. <laughs> the Kanban system is still in there. Exactly. <laughs> it's in there. Um, and so I, I had, um, five classes in my senior year and the, uh, Ohio state was still on the quarter system at the time. And I had to pass four of them were core business classes. And one of them was a, an old physics series that I had to finish because I took architecture and it was an elevated series. So I had to go back and finish this physics. So I was like, I can get a D, D get you a degree. And so, uh, um, <laughs> so I was like, I'll just go to the midterm and the final. That's all I need. And so I did that. Midterm, I got like a C or something. It was like that's perfect. Like it's even better. I'm already on the way. I'm already on the way. Now I can get a now I can get a D, and I'll even might might even get a C. So I go to the class before the um, final, just to get like, hey, maybe they'll give out some notes and you know give me a a couple of heads up. Professor goes, all right, take out your pens and paper for our quiz. I was like, quiz? What quiz? The guy that's sitting next to me goes, yeah, we've been doing this all quarter. (laughs) I was like, so I go up to professor. I was like, yeah, I didn't know there was. I didn't see that on syllabus. Like you know. Uh, I, is there anything I do? Like make up work and I retake the quizzes, like anything? He goes, no, uh, you missed every quiz. So uh, you could get 100 on the final and you'll still fail. Like, ah, you got to be kidding me. So then I was like, all right, I'm not getting my degree. And so I just I let it go for a while. And then after a while, I was like, it's just one class. That's all I got to take and everything. But then I started having kids. Once you start having kids, I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to waste time. You don't have time. Classes and everything. So it just it got elongated. And then, um, because of a accounting glitch of some sort, they switched the semesters and changed some of the grade requirements of in hours and everything courses. Um, of, on the new format, I had enough to graduate. So, oh, so bam, I was done. Didn't have to take the class. Dude, and so oh, that's wow. how you got your degree. You got your degree. <laughs> yeah. That's a long story. It's like, I already got it. Dog. I, I, I had it the whole time. I had it the whole time. I was just saying, that's y'all was so good. I, I didn't even know that. So that was a great. So how did, how did, did they call you and yeah, let you know? The, um, they called me and they're like, hey, Nick, we just realized, like, because we were going to hound you about taking this class, 
that you actually have all the credits you need. You can just so, go get your cap and gown. Yeah, so you just need to fill out this uh, paperwork since <laughs> oh, you want to wow. graduate in spring. So did they, did you, this is a great feel-good story. Yeah. yeah so so did you, you feel really good about walk this? down? No, you know, no, no, no walking? I wasn't going to do the shame. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I had to go back. I, I went back and got mine. I literally, I went back two what years. Year? Uh, 2008. Okay. Um. My wife, who I was not, we were just friends at the time. She was charging me to do a couple of my classes. Appreciate that, babe. Shout out. And uh, she was charging me premium prices because she knew I was in the league already. So she'd be like, hey, you know, we got this class. And these, I'm like, nah. And it's like, well, I did it for you, but it's going to cost you like $250. I'm like, all right, I, I got you. So, uh, so handling all that. And then, so I actually did go back and walk and I literally, Finished my degree and gave the diploma to my mom. Cause she was the only reason I went back for it because yeah. I promised her I would do it. And uh, I, I think it is something to be said about that. And you can look back at your kids and say, hey, I got mine. I got mine. They, they don't need to know. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? They, they don't, don't need, need to, know. to know the details. I did find, um, so that was a big story out of the pass off season with Sauce Gardner, that he went back and finished his degree. And I was talking to him about that mm-hmm. um, and why he did it. And he was saying, he was like, for my mom. Like, yeah. She she wanted me to do it. It's something I promised I would do, and yeah. so I went back and did it. I mean, it's uh, it's also kind of really cool when you go back on campus when you're in the league mm-hmm. and like you kind of that guy. Like, flex on it, a little bit. Oh, there's no doubt. I had to drop top ends. You yeah, know, you, you flex on. You flex on. Shout out. It was great. Um, now I want to know how you got into the barbecue business with Mango Seventy Four Barbecue. I and we can kind of talk about some of the different flavors. I, I wrote them all down. If you don't. I mean, if you don't mind me sharing. So, I mean, you got the OG, shout mm-hmm. out to your oldest son, oldest son, your original son, uh, the spicy, spicy. your second son. I guess right. that's his, kind of his attitude. Yes. Of, so he's a carbon copy of my oldest son. He's just a firecracker. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I read about that. And then you got the honey barbecue. Honey barbecue that, the sweet that one hasn't come out yet because oh. I, I can't. So the, uh, the these two. are all your own flavors that you kind of put your own, own Yeah. You put them so, together. Uh, so the first two are out, the OG and mm-hmm. the spicy. The other two for my girls are still – the one is done and the one is still in development. Yeah. Because I can't get the honey barbecue to be not too sweet. Ah. Mm. It always comes out too sweet. And you got to cut enough, it with something. You got to try and figure that and out. not enough honey flavor. Like, I want more of that honey flavor, but I don't want to make it too sweet. So, I'm, I'm struggling with that a little bit. But the other one the is vinegar. the apple cider vinegar one um, that's like a Carolina style. Yeah. Um, that's for my baby. She was born in the fall. So, apple yep. cider. So, how would you get into it? Started when uh, my first son was born. I wanted to help out around the house, right? And I didn't want to do anything crazy difficult, so I said I would help cook. And so I started um, doing a lot of the cooking around the house. And it's transitioned now that I'd probably do like 90% of the cooking. Um, wow. My wife does breakfast in the morning before school. And then after that, um, I handled the rest of the, like all dinners. Um, and so I started cooking. And I was, really enjoyed cooking and doing everything. Like, a, um, you know, any cuisine, you name it, I'm, I'm trying to make it. And then um, it was like 2014, I want to say, Ron Heller, um, who played uh, in the 70s and 80s uh, from Strong Island, he came as an assistant offensive line coach for us. And he is a barbecue, um, he's a certified barbecue judge. And he takes his barbecue seriously. So he gets me into barbecuing. Yeah. Because I've always liked barbecued meat, but I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing, especially like a brisket. Like a brisket, yeah. you got to take your time with that. And you got to do it Especially right. if you're like a judge, like these guys do not play about this. Right. This you is got like, the injection, the trimming, <laughs> the, the bark, the, yeah, all getting that. on the bark, the burnt the ring around it, oh, the yeah. smoke ring. Like, there's a lot to it. So he he actually came over and he basically like held my hand and did a whole brisket with me 
um, from start to finish, which was amazing. So then, so then I'm doing pork butts, I'm doing the ribs, doing the chicken, and I'm going through this and, and making all the stuff and doing uh, what I like to believe pretty good, like good eats. And I'm buying barbecue sauce. And I was like, you know, I like cooking and I like barbecuing. I bet I can make up my own barbecue sauce. And so I was like, so I got into the lab and I was looking at recipes and everything and <laughs> taking a little bit from here and a little bit from here and kind of mixing and matching um, and came up with my own sauce that I really enjoyed and my wife really enjoyed it. And so I was like, all right, like that's, this is my barbecue sauce. And I would use it for friends and family. And like, that's, yeah. and that's it. And everyone who would come over be like, oh, this is great sauce. Like, you know, you did a great job. But you know, when you cook something for somebody in front of them. They're just trying to be nice. Are they trying to be nice? <laughs> like, are they, like, they're not going to be like, well, this is trash. Like, yeah. don't, don't send me home with the extras. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> um, so you never really know. So after I was done playing, 2019 rolls around. I'm talking with my, my partner. I'm like, he's like, what do you want to do? And it was my marketing guy and partner. And he, he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I like having, I'm play Mr. Mom for my four kids and stay at home dad. Like I, I run them around and everything. And we had little kids, our kids were really little at the time. And I was like, I, I was like, I don't know. I've never created something. It would be fun to create something. I've created four kids and that's it. Like, yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. So then um, he's like, well, what about the barbecue sauce? I was like, well, I did create that. He goes, why don't we try to sell that? I was like, God, because I don't know how to. <laughs> I was like, do you know how to? And he's like, no, I don't know how to. So we're like, well, then we'll do this adventure together. Um, so we started from there. Uh, I've learned a lot along the way of you walk down that aisle and you see all those barbecue sauces and each individual bottle, the effort that goes into each one of those mm -hmm. is absurd. Um, and so we went through the process, got it bottled up. And uh, luckily for us, the first line of production came off March 23rd, 2020. Mm. If you recall what happened like, March twenty third, is that like the, the is that, that's, that's not that sound like a great time? No, yeah. it was not a good time. That, 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 that was horrible time. Like a good time on that side looking at it. No, okay, 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 no, good. looking back on it. So now I got all this barbecue sauce that I want to give to people, and you can't see anybody, no. especially up here in the New York area. So oh, yeah. we kind of counted that as our soft open, um, and and COVID really did hurt a lot of the little people because. Um, even as we're coming out of it, so you, we all got hit with the supply chain issues and everything yeah. got more expensive. And local distributors aren't taking on little projects because they want to make sure that they have their mainstay. Like as long as Heinz is still producing, we know that they're good. Yep. This little producer, they might get stuck and not be able to get their jars in or something. Yep, so right. no one's taking them on. So right now we're, we have online sales. We, I'm the distributor for the most part. Uh, we have a couple of stores locally that carry it. Um, we have a barbecue uh, pulled pork sandwich in the stadium for Jets games, which is nice. pretty cool. Um, I got a couple of restaurants that serve it um, on their menu. Uh, the barbecue chicken wings is, is always the the big hit. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. And it's been, it's a neat passion project. There's no money to be made in sauce. Uh, basically just uh, on a treadmill, just going nowhere. Um, but it is fun. And it's neat that it's correlating with my kids. Uh, we also give a portion of the proceeds to answer the call, uh, which is a charity here in New York City that helps uh, families of fallen first responders on the job. Mm. Um, and I've been with Answer the Call now almost 10 years. And they do amazing work. So the fact that we're able to give back monetarily, yeah. not just lending my beautiful smiling face. 
um, it's, it's been pretty special for me. Yeah. So has has your degree helped with anything in your in the like operations management, right? Mm-hmm. So the business side has it helped with uh, helping you run your uh, barbecue sauce business? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. No clue. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. It's, it is because it's a. It, it's not. We don't have a large enough volume to be like, all right, well, we had this inventory is turning over. It's mm-hmm. like when that inventory turns over, we have to buy a new one. Yeah. And have that just keep pulling from it. So it, it's not. It's. It's more of a passion project than it is a I got full you. business. I got you. Well, just now, know when wife, you distribute it to Charlotte, North Carolina, it's going to be your. They're going to eat it up. They're going to eat it up. So your wife, we being your you biggest know. fan, have you thought about making a sauce for her? Um. No, mainly because I like the kid aspect of it. Okay. Um, because she likes the original, like, the, and then she really likes the spicy. So I feel like I, I can't make anything better than those two. That she's because she always liked the original. So it's mm. like, how do you? If that was always that was kind of hers as well. Yeah, and it just it folds. The I think working in the kids kind of it just plays better. Plays better. Yeah, yeah. All right. What's your favorite food to grill? And also, what's your grill setup look like? Grill or smoke? Oh, oh, because there's a big difference. It is a huge difference mm-hmm. for me. It's gonna be smoke, smoking chicken smoke. wings. Um, See, I don't that. like smoking chicken wings. No, no. It just cooks yeah. so much more evenly for me. But I need yeah. a crispy chicken wing. Oh yeah, it's true. I, true. I, and it's, you're right. All right, go ahead. Uh, I don't want to interrupt. No, it's quite right. Um, so. Uh, my favorite thing, and it's always cliche, but a pork shoulder is the best thing to do because it's so versatile. Um, it, it's so juicy and delicious. And you make, when you inject it the night before and everything, and you take your time with it with the rub. Um, and it, it usually is pretty foolproof mm-hmm. uh, as long as you know what you're doing and mm-hmm. you have the time to let it get to temp. If you pull that thing too early, it's not going to go well. So <laughs> I've gotten to the point where like pulled pork is not for dinner that night. Mm-hmm. Like I will do a pulled pork knowing like, all right, we're going to have this later because if it doesn't, if it's not done at six, I'm not going to try to rush it and yeah, kids, kids got to eat. So yeah, that's true. So, but I uh, pulled the pork shoulders is probably my favorite. Okay. Although ribs have come around big in my household. My kids love ribs. It will destroy a whole slab. Yeah. I like the little baby, the little baby rib, the riblets. See, I'm a St. Oh. Louis cut. Oh, I'm a St. Louis guy yeah. myself. I get it. You guys yeah. are up North, man. I get it. I'm just telling you, it's not for everybody. You know what I mean? Well, that's fine. Actually, I get I got in trouble. Um, I was doing Super Bowl radio row. And I'm talking with uh, a couple of guys from Houston, the uh, radio station in Houston, and it was early on when I had just started the sauce. And they were asking me like, "Well, what kind of style is it? Is it Texas? Is it Carolina? Is it Memphis? You know what? New- that is funny because barbecue is very particular they to are what re- very regional, yeah, they're very, very regional, very yes. So. And I didn't really know how to answer him. So I was like, well, you know, I kind of, it doesn't really have a direct like location because I pulled from a lot of different things. And, you know, it's kind of its own unique flavor. You know, it's barbecue sauce. You taste it like that's barbecue sauce, but you can't say like, well, that's Carolina. Like you you can't pinpoint it. And so then I was like, so I guess it's kind of, I don't know, I guess it's like New Jersey barbecue sauce. And they both like went. <laughs> Don't you ever call it. This stuff's made New York City. Don't you ever <laughs> call it New Jersey. That's exactly what the, yeah, that's exactly the sauce is. Yeah. This stuff's made New York City. Get the uh, room, boys. And I, was, I was like, oh, all right, maybe I won't. So, just, uh, so I, oh, but that wow. gave me a good story out of it. So, yeah. But it is, it's a unique flavor that you've never had before, but you know it's barbecue. Okay. 
One of the questions that we ask all our people on the show is a Mount Rushmore question. Um, for people that have had some type of an influence on your life, career, whatever, coach, mom, dad, cousin, Jesus, anybody. Jesus. You, or Jesus. I like yeah. him very much, but he knows yes. me at the curveball. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's, Major League. Major League, yeah. 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 Serrano. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who, do you, who would you put on your Mount Rushmore? Um... So it's got to be my mom um, to begin with because she's the one that said you have to play a sport every season. Doesn't matter what sport, but you have to play a sport. Love um, it. I think that helped me be well rounded um, and still the work ethic in me and, and everything. Um, so that was huge. Um, and my wife, because we started dating in um, high school, so she's been through um, college and the NFL with me. And did she go to Ohio State as well? She went to OU, okay, Athens, the Bobcats, which was awesome. Because I had the factory that was the Ohio State University for football. Uh-huh. And then I could go down to Athens on the weekend and get the college experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like just a college town. It's so different than Columbus. So different. And I, I don't and think so, people understand that. You have the huge university in Columbus, the Ohio State. Yeah, and, and you're in the downtown. Yeah. And it's like a city. And yeah. You don't really have that same feel of like walking, you know, to like High Street and <laughs> is not the same thing as I don't know, Court Street. I said, yeah, still got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not today, CT. Um, so it's it, like it was such a different feeling. Mm-hmm. And like that was awesome to be able to get like have an escape to. So that worked. And so uh, my wife, I mean, she she took care of the house and took care of the kids and did everything. So I didn't have to worry about it through my career. Like she yeah. she made sure everything was running. Um, and all I had to do was focus on what I needed to do. Um, and then I would say um, – Probably, ooh, this is this is where it gets tough because now you're in the coaches and players. Um, you only got two. I know, and I only got two. So, like, pick them wisely. It is difficult. So, I'm going to go with um, Alan Fanica yeah. being um, the third because he was when he came in to to the Jets. His daughter was three at the time. I want to say something like that. So he showed me not only how to take care of himself, how to take care of the football player and, and how did they be that, but also how to be a father and parent in the NFL and, mm-hmm. and, a, and a husband. And so he was a shining example of, you know, he made a point um, because I asked him one time, I was like, you know, how much film do you watch at home? And he goes, none. Goes, how do you not watch film at home? He goes, because when I get home, I'm dad. Like, if I need to do work, I do it here. And if it means I got to stay an hour later here to get all my work done, I get my work done. But I don't bring it home because at that point, I'm just daddy. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, that's, like, that's wise advice. I like that. Um, so he helped, you know, not only professionally, but also personally. So that was, yeah, that's cool. That's a, a good one. And then uh, it's a toss up. I got two candidates going here. So I have um, my offensive line coach from college, Jim Bowman. Mm hmm. And my offensive line coach at the Jets, Bill Callahan. Um, both great options. Um, I think as much as I want to go with Bill, I'll have to go with Bowman um, just because he was the one who laid like the groundwork of how I needed to look at myself yeah. as a player. Um, he Because I wasn't was never the strongest in the weight room. Um, I could squat a ton, but I could never really bench that much. Um, show your pain. And and one of those things that he told me was like, don't ever because there was guys like I was following up with Charles Bentley. Yeah, who, he's a mad, massive, massive human. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. I was too. I did a recruiting visit. And he was working out. I was like, 
Yeah, I don't think I did. I'm not going to make this happen because I can't do that. Um, and so he 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 sat me down and was like, "Listen, don't ever compare yourself to any of the other guys as you lift. Compare yourself to yourself. As long as you're improving, that's what I want to see." Yeah, and I was like, "Well, that's that's good." And his other advice um, that helped me, I think, throughout my career, was saying, "You know, football's uh, like a roller coaster." A game is like a roller coaster. It you is. have you have the highs and, and you have the lows, and it, it, it you know dips and ebbs and flows and everything and twists and turns. He goes, if you want to be truly great, make that roller coaster flat. Don't let the highs get you too high. Don't let the lows get you too low. Just even keel, move on to the next play. Whether yeah. good, bad, indifferent, just flatten out that um, roller coaster. Like all right, so I kept with that. Like I never. Yeah, I mean, I got excited, touchdown. I, I hear what you're saying. But, yeah. like, if, if I had a great block, then it was like, all right, well, I still got to do it again. Or if I, you know, got beat. You're able uh, to hit the reset button. Yeah. And it was like, all yeah. right, listen, that's in the past. We win the next one. Yeah. So. Well, good job, I man. Well, I, I appreciate this, man. You've been yeah. really good, Nick. I, I, I knew within the first three seconds when we talked and met you outside this was going to be a good one. <laughs> and Perfect. so uh, you wear your attitude and your great personality on your sleeves and in your shirts. So um, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for blessings yeah. with your time. No free bro. ads, rowback, great shirts. Yeah, man, they're, they're breathable too. <laughs> they're breathable, lightweight, yes. Q-zips. Sweatproof. Hoodies, polos. They yeah, I, a lot of people wearing them right now. That I know, they're hot. Yeah. And I have so many, I have an addiction. Oh, it's really? Bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I just keep buying them. Like, I, no, mine anymore. I think you're good. No, no, I don't know. I keep trying to like, hey, you send this way? <laughs> Oh, you tried now. You got free. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> All right. You probably won't get it if you keep winking at him like that. <laughs> just, just a little advice. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> all right, man. Well, look, man. Thank you as always, Nick. And, uh, and also for all of our listeners and viewers Appreciate out there. It. Thank you so much. Always tune in wherever you can pick up your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio Podcasts. Please continue to list, look in, listen. Give us a five-star rating of review. Click that follow button. Tell a friend to please tell a friend to what, Tina? Tell a friend. There we go. And Peanut, get us up out of here, man. Thank you. iHeart Radio Studios as well. And we appreciate y'all. Nick, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm Peanut. That's Roman. This is NFL Player's Second Acts Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit 
visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.